Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. Today, I am joined by Michael Salas, our children's director, and Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor and speaker for Sunday. Um, I'm going to rely a little bit more on the two of you. Um, I was out of town at a wedding, um, so I was unable to uh, be here on Sunday and be a part of the message, but I was able to put the slides together beforehand and um, listen to the sermon. So, how did it go? How was it on Sunday? Michael was <laughs> Michael was helping out with kids. So. <laughs> it was the best Sunday. Yeah. If you missed oh, it, yeah. man, you yeah. missed. Yeah, yeah, you probably aren't saved. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we're in our third part of changes. Uh, the title of the message was "I was blind," so we're obviously talking about. I'm assuming we're talking about the blind man at the pools of Beth- uh, Bethesda. Yeah, the blind Bethesda, beggar. The blind yeah. beggar. Yep. Yep. Okay. Siloam is where Jesus sent him. But yep. yeah. So first week we talked about Lazarus. Then we talked about um, Hannah. And now we're on to the blind man. Um, was there any sort of inspiration to do it in this order? Or was it just we got a couple different dates we're going to be hitting in this series? So you picked some of them intentionally on certain dates. Was this just one of the the characters that you wanted to look at and it, it worked out well? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we first were talking about the series, then I started just thinking of different people, uh, different stories in the Bible of, of life change yeah. that we could use. And honestly, uh, we started with Lazarus because I thought that's probably one of the most profound ones Yeah. in just the, this huge change from actually being a person not not Jesus, but another person who was dead, yeah, and and then raised again. And then the next week was Mother's Day, so I thought, well, what a perfect one to have Hannah on and talk about, yeah. kind of combine moms with that, and um, and then and then the blind one came after that, and I'm not sure exactly why I put yeah, that just, there, Hayden. Uh, just kind of know. thought that one fit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just cause sometimes <laughs> these things just fall into place, you know. It's better not to question them. Yeah. Um, listeners might not. No, but it's uh, pretty typical for uh, Michael to go and listen to the message after Sunday because if you don't have a kid here at Arbor, you probably don't know exactly what Michael does, but Michael um, keeps the children's program running smoothly on Sunday, so he doesn't have a lot of opportunity to come in and sit down. So Michael will, um, I I won't say every week, but pretty often you have some questions that you pass along to me um, you did last week as well. Um, Hopefully they were helpful and not like, what is yeah, yeah. guy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just scroll. I kept scrolling through and I'm like, all right, there's nothing here. Um, but <laughs> this week you were very prepared. And when we sat down to say who's who's going to be on the podcast, you had actually said, I can do it. I've, I listened to it. So I'd, lo- I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the message, Michael. You, you know, it's uh, it's always fun for me to see for, for me, what the Holy Spirit's doing among our whole community. And what I mean by that is I'm very focused, as you said, on what, what's going on with the kids. And right now they're learning about Elijah and the takeaways from the relationship Elijah has with Jesus and all of the, the trials that he's going through. And then we flip over here and I start listening and now we're in the New Testament and Jesus interacting and I'm going, whoa, it's I get this really strange, different bird's eye view on all of what's happening. And 
Uh, for me, there are some small correlations with uh, the people that Elijah's interacting with and the uh, the tension between honoring God and not honoring God and understanding God's heart. And then I flip over and I listen to the message over here, and here we have the Pharisees who are not understanding God's heart in the law and changing things, and Jesus is coming to challenge those things uh, by performing miracles on the Sabbath that uh, that the Pharisees are pointing at to say, well, hey, no, you can't do that. Clearly, this man is not from God because he's not following the law, which in this scenario is um, talking about Jesus spitting into mud, which that's a whole nother thing yeah. and yeah. creating clay and putting yeah. it in his eyes and actually healing the blind man's eyes because of doing this, which, and, and I'm just here, you asked me a simple question and I'm just going off. So I'm sorry for stuff. No, no, it was great. <laughs> but, uh, but it's exciting to yeah. me. I, I hear it and I just think there's so many pieces like, like we just got done talking about how, uh, how God who is holy, when Jesus comes on the scene, he makes things pure with the kids and how when when someone touches someone who is impure and that someone they touch, then they also become impure. But Jesus changes those rules. He comes and does something because he's all pure. And when he touches someone, he doesn't take on that impurity. Yeah. He, he changes them and they become pure. And it was, it's just, it's so fun for me because here we are, he does something that by all standards would be totally impure, spit, mud, gross, and puts it in their eyes and yeah. that person's healed. And it's miraculous and so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so long winded answer to your very simple question. I'm sorry. Everyone. <laughs> no, it's all good. Wow. And none of that was in the message. So he really yeah. learned a lot from that message. <laughs> well, and this story is, um, again, there's, if you look at this, the life of Jesus and what we have recorded, there's a lot of these stories that pop up where, there's something very tangible and real-world um, obstacles in front of these people. And Jesus is more focused on the spiritual side of things, right? But we always see that he addresses the physical, uh, material world. So we saw with Lazarus, he was dead. Jesus raised him back up to life. You see with this man, he was blind. He put some some dirt, some clay on his eyes, brought, him, um, brought his sight back. But we see these stories over and over again in the Bible and especially in Jesus' life of these material, tangible things that people are complaining about. And Jesus says, you know, I'll, I'll fix these things. I'll cure you. But that's not really his main concern in any of these people's stories. Um, and I'm curious, Cliff, is this, um, was this an intentional choice with some of these characters of here is a real-life, tangible obstacle that all these people have to overcome or Jesus is going to help them overcome. But at the end of the day, the main point of these messages isn't about, look how Hannah now was fertile. Look at this guy can see Lazarus is alive. All of these people have a, the main concern of Jesus is their spiritual welfare, not their physical. Is that going to be a, a common theme throughout this series? Uh, that's interesting. It might be. Now that you say it, uh, that's exactly uh, what he was planning. Yeah, to do. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think you know uh, this one is so. To me, is is you could miss it if yeah. you weren't paying attention to it. But it really is so. It so clearly demonstrates what you were just talking about, yeah. Hayden, because um, Jesus is going to heal the immediate problem. Yeah. Right. 
so this guy's been blind since birth, and all of a sudden he gets sight, which is something I cannot, would be, wow, would that be mind-blowing or what? Yeah. If you have never seen anything, yeah. you've had people describing stuff to you, but even mm-hmm. that, can you imagine yeah. you've never seen anything? Yeah. So what is your mind conjuring up when people are describing to you mm-hmm. trees and... and so and overwhelming. It's so yeah. overwhelming, and all of a sudden you can see. Yeah. So that we look at that and we go, wow. And then his testimony. Yeah. I was blind, but now I can see. Yeah. <laughs> and that is his testimony. But to me, it was that whole thing is secondary yes. to the most important thing. And the most important mm-hmm. thing is when Jesus asks him, do you believe in the Son of God? Yeah. Yep. And, and he does, and he says, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Yeah. That to me is the uh, is where Jesus is going with the whole thing, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. the uh, the guy's going to die, right? I mean, that yeah. blind man is not around today to remind us I was blind, but now I can see. Yep. His story is we can read about it, but he has long since passed on. Yeah, Jesus was more concerned about his eternal welfare. Yeah, and and so when he said, "I believe," mm-hmm. and he worshipped him, that to me was the real miracle. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is going for. And I think, you know, um, I hadn't really thought about it until you just mentioned it. But uh, but I think it would be a natural thing with all of the ones that we are going for. In fact, as I'm thinking about them, I think the answer to that is yes. Some of the Old Testament ones, <laughs> yeah. we're, the last one we do is going to be on Noah, Lord willing. And that mm-hmm. one might be, you might not see it quite as clearly. And yet it's seen in the physical because the whole idea, Paul talks about it, that the whole idea of the ark and all that is the idea of, to some extent of baptism and of what God's doing. And so anyway, mm-hmm. long, long way to way to say, I think it's a great idea, Hayden. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> what would we do without you, Hayden? Yeah. Well, I can't take credit for it. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> one of the first things we learned in life of Christ in, um, in Bible college was Jesus was always kind of the sleight of hand of, you thought he was fixating on one thing, but really his main concern was the spiritual realm, not the material yes. realm where there's, blindness and all of that so yeah um i'm i'm curious because i i feel like we're gonna start to really see a lot of similarities the more we talk about these stories um so i thought it might just be uh interesting to kind of compare and contrast from what we've seen so far from the story of hannah and lazarus and obviously cliff you know the other characters we'll be talking about but um what are some of the glaring similarities and differences so far between um, a blind man who so far is our first person that's not really named. His name is his affliction, unfortunately. So what is the biggest difference or similarities we've seen so far between the blind man and our other characters? I, I think Hannah is unique because, uh, one, she was in the Old Testament, and so uh, it was long prior to Jesus' arrival. Yeah. Um, but uh, but even even in her case a little bit, but far more in the case of Lazarus and uh, and the blind beggar, um, is that Jesus is doing these things. Mm. There are always the same components involved, right? There is yeah. always those who believe and those who don't believe. Mm-hmm. There are those who are trying to make something of it that, uh, in this case, the religious authorities who are trying mm-hmm. to figure out what box it can fit in and put Jesus in a box, which never works well. Yeah. And, um, and, and then there are those, and, and so they're kind of, they're kind of uh, taking shots at it from the yep. side, you know, and there's always those who are missing the main point. 
Yeah. And I think it was the same thing in the case of Lazarus. It's the same thing in the case of this guy. And uh, and I think as we go forward, we, we, you continue to see that. And Jesus is continuing to try to bring us back, bring us back to the core issues, which is belief in, in God and himself as God and what he's done for us. So mm. uh, I think we will, we will see that yeah. theme kind of continue to come up. And, um, you know, uh, Michael and I were talking about the influence the Pharisees had and uh, Pharisees and Sadducees and all the religious leaders at that time and, um, and how fixated they got on the details, which is what made them miss yeah. the real event, you know, which was mm-hmm. why it was a lot of fun for me to, to start the message out with the story about Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes because, <laughs> Such a good, you know, Such it, was a good just, it was just fun to, yeah. to see how they could see something so mm-hmm. differently, you yeah. know. Yeah, and if for whatever reason someone might have missed it, the 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 story was Sherlock wakes up, looks up stars, says Watson, do you see anything? Right, and he gives a few different well, it's the the majesty and the stars, and eventually Sherlock says, you notice our tents missing? Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and and we and that's such a picture, isn't it, of of religion? Yeah, who sees all kinds of minutia and details. And misses the the important message. Mm. And it's yeah. it's it's tough. This one's a challenge for me because there's part of me, and I'm sure like well, like all of humanity, we are turning to God for a better understanding of what the true scripture that He left us is. And I'm sure the Pharisees were like, I think we got it. So let's unpack it. Let's yeah. give the people the details. Um, and the the hard part that of that of what I'm saying right now is that's giving them pure intention, mm-hmm. pure motive. Right. You right. know, I was telling Cliff earlier. Well, at best, they were probably lazy. Let's yeah. build all these laws so we don't have to deal with all the difficulties of figuring out what God really wanted. But at worst, it's controlling, manipulative, and selfish. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. So anyway, it's, uh, yeah. it's which is where untrue religion leads us exactly right it's to those places yeah and it's hard for me because like i was saying i really i i I would like god to go well michael this is what i meant (laughs) you know yeah Mm -hmm. and and go but there it seems that god likes us to live in that tension and a bit of ambiguity so we work Mm -hmm. together yeah so so jesus says to lazarus to not to lazarus to the sisters mary and martha do you believe See, it always comes back to that, right? It's the heart. It's the heart. And and mm-hmm. and he asks this blind beggar, do you believe? Do you believe in the Son of God? And so he's going to bring it back around to the belief because that's what really changes us. And so if God changes us so we can testify for him, he's changing us so that we can have a relationship with him, which means we can't help but testify mm-hmm. if that's true. If we're in a intimate relationship with the creator of the universe and us, we can't help but testify about that. I, I believe it's part of who we become, you know? And mm-hmm. worship, as you put and it. And worship, and worship, yeah. And, and I love it, the simplicity of what you're talking about as far as, you know, when you have this experience with Jesus, that's what you lead with. Yeah. You don't, you know, I know in my younger years, uh, w- when I was grade school, there was a big movement of, 
of trying to convert people through a fear tactic, if you will. Right. You know, fire and brimstone. Hell's a bad place, so you better choose Jesus. Yeah. And then there was this really big swing, and it kind of became a joke in my teenage years, my college early years of, like, this idea of, well, Jesus is just your buddy. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and now I feel like we're kind of going back to a, a more of a middle ground of, Yes, there are things you need to be worried about on on the one hand, but what's the most important thing is your relationship with God and the work that Jesus did so that you can have that relationship. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Michael, as someone who uh, inv- is very involved in teaching children, um, <laughs> I imagine most of your lessons you're trying to um, have deductive learning, right, or a, a deductive um teaching format and then oftentimes we see with adults especially on sunday we go more inductive of i'm going to start showing you things and you're going to put the pattern together yourself and figure out where this is all going and what i thought was interesting um it's been kind of the same for the past three weeks on the format that we've done things for the message on sunday is a mixture of the two right um cliff you've started with your main point, and then you end with your main point. And then I saw in your notes, because, um, again, I had to speed listen to this message, um, you would do a point, and then you would bring back your main point, right? And the main point was, um, sorry, I just had it. God Dude. changes us so we can testify for him, right? Yeah. So you'd go, here's the scripture, here's what we take from it, then let's bring it back to the main point, which I thought was very cool because when I was reading through the slides themselves, I didn't get to see any of the context, right? I just got to see the main points, and I'm like, I don't know what the scripture's going to say <laughs> and what it's going to lead to. Um, but I'm curious, was there any fear for you when you were putting this together of, um, do I need to have more application for these these main points, or these, uh, I guess you call them sub-points, like truly believing in Jesus causes us to worship him, or uh, God increases understanding and boldness for those who believe. Those subpoints that you included throughout there. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of the things you wrestle with, right, when you're mm-hmm. making a message is um, where to put the emphasis on the syllables. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that uh, because each... W- as you read through that scripture, as you read through the story, if you stop and reflect on it, there are some really powerful points that mm-hmm. you could actually do a whole message on by themselves. Yeah. And that's one of them, right? The, mm-hmm. the fact that uh, if you truly believe, it mm-hmm. leads to worship. Mm-hmm. That's a huge message all by itself. Yeah. But uh, so the way when I teach these things, and, and especially when I'm doing stories or yeah. uh, those kinds of things, I'm looking for, I call it the thread. What's yep. that thread that kind of runs mm-hmm. through all of them? Yep. And so it gives me the freedom to go as I'm reading the scripture again to just go, oh, this jumps out at me there. This jumps out at me there. This jumps. And then just pull back and say, is there one that kind of goes mm-hmm. through all of that that we can come up with? So there's a central theme. Yeah. That at the end of it. And so my, my hope is always this, that uh, as people leave, the one thing that's drumming through their mind is that God changes us mm-hmm. so we can testify for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. testifying for him is so simple as an eight-word testimony. I was blind, but now I can see. But there will be other people to whom that piece of, uh, of worshiping him is, is what they take away. 
Or there'll be people who are going, oh my goodness, this guy's problem was much great, was about a whole lot more than just him. And so, you know, maybe they have an issue in their life that they have dealt with maybe since birth or very close to that. That's always been a problem for them, in quotes. Yeah. Uh, and and to, for them to all of a sudden realize, oh my goodness, God might be using this in such a way mm-hmm. as it was with this blind beggar that it really wasn't about the problem. What God was doing was so, was so much greater than his problem. Mm-hmm. So can God take my problem and do something so much greater with it, yeah. right? So that's my hope and prayer as we as yeah. I put messages together is that, you know, God's going to speak to different people. He's going to highlight. I always call it God, Holy Spirit, highlight what they mm-hmm. need to hear. Yeah. And uh, I, I think the beauty of doing that and praying for it, when I first came to Arbor, I um, challenged our prayer team. I asked them to actually pray this with me. And I told them, I said, you know, I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to people through the messages that I create. And I pray that he does that because he's putting them together, right, Lord willing. But I pray that he does it so powerfully that people will hear what he wants them to hear. And that at times, they'll hear that, and I may not even say that. So cool. And um, I think I started this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and and, it, and it's happened. It, and I told I told the prayer team. I said this has happened to me. I can't tell you how many times because I that's a consistent prayer of mine. Yeah. Because I want the Holy Spirit to speak to the people, not Cliff, not yeah. to make it look glitzy or whatever. And uh, I have had people come up to me, and I've now had it happen at Arbor, and I had and and I asked them to start praying for it because I because at first it was not happening. And I said, I, I, will, I want this to happen. And here's what it is. Somebody comes up afterwards and says, man, when you said this, that meant so much to me. And I'll realize I never said that. Yeah. The Holy Spirit obviously spoke that to them, and so they cool. actually thought they heard me say that. And uh, that's when I walk away going, yes, Lord, way to go. Mm. And when you talk about God changing things in us, I, I feel like I can't, we can't do this podcast without throwing out a thanks for Dino and Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And the testimonies yep. they gave. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to throw out a quick question. And I think this would be good for both of you guys. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about, uh, about worship when it comes to this change. If you, and I think this is great for you too, Hayden, because mm-hmm. of your role in worship. Mm-hmm. If we are running into someone, if, if someone's listening to this and says, you know what though, I have a, I have some sort of block when it comes to worship. I just feel like when I, when we go to that time of the service, I just, I want to enter in, but I don't, but I do believe in God and I know God is my King. What would you say to that person? Can you ask that one more time? Sorry. Sure. So, and, and this question comes from a, a good friend of mine who was a roommate when I was in college. We'd go mm-hmm. to church together, and he'd go, and he'd sit in the back of the room, and worship would start, and he would just kind of be there, and he, in the way I would describe him, would be more contemplative than more active. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, if, if, you're, if someone like him were to say, you know, I'm not really super expressive in worship. It's not, I don't, yeah. but but I hear what you're saying and it makes me wonder if I'm not fully saved or if I don't have enough belief in God or my testimony isn't strong enough right now. What do you guys say to that? Mm, about getting more uh, outwardly engaged in worship. Sure, if yeah. someone feels like they heard what was said yeah. today, on Sunday and just went and go, yeah. am I, If do I have an, an issue yeah. right now yeah. that I should be yeah. looking at? I think, go ahead, Cliff. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, for me, uh, worship has always been, and maybe it's a little backwards for me, worship has always been so 
mentally engaging and more internal for me. And I found myself, especially as I've gotten older when I'm listening to sermons, giving a little bit more verbal feedback, shaking my head, being like, ah, that's right, that's good. Um, Whereas worship to me feels so personal and intimate. And it's really tough as a worship pastor who's one of my jobs is to get the congregation engaged. And it's we call it corporate worship for a reason, right? It's the body worshiping together as one. Um, that's always been a challenge for me. And I think that really there's a reason why you might have those people who are hanging back on the back wall, right? Typically, not not trying to infer or say anything about your friend, but typically there's there's some sort of stirring going on typically, right? Of there's something that I need to get right with the Lord or with somebody else, or I need to address something. And that's where I found myself a lot of, if I'm having a hard time lifting my hands or closing my eyes and just belting it um, in the congregation, it's typically because God has really spoke to me through the message. And there's something that I'm not consciously aware of yet that needs to get addressed and fixed. Um, Or I just need to acknowledge something, right? Like, Oh, this is actually a good thing. Um, you know, praise God for X, Y, and Z. But I've found any time that I'm struggling to really express myself and, and engage in corporate worship with brothers and sisters, it's because there's something internal that God's saying, I think you should wait on engaging with the body until you get this figured out because there's something in here that we need to work on together. Hmm. That's good. I, I would, I'm glad you brought that question up because um I think I would have to pull back one more to answer it effectively, and that is mm. to say, what is worship? <laughs> I love it. Because yeah. worship is not just praise mm-hmm. and is not just singing. Yep. Yeah, Worship is a lifestyle. Yep. So it's so much more than just that. Yep. So when I say, you know, if you really truly believe in Jesus, it will compel you to worship. Mm-hmm. What that looks like for one person as opposed to another may be significantly different. Yeah, I think that, um, and I'm always encouraging Hayden to encourage people <laughs> to be more demonstrative in that because it's just an expression, right? Yeah. And the more yeah. we can get out of outside of ourselves, it always bothers me when people aren't willing to raise their hands because they're afraid other people are seeing them. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's because they're contemplative and they're worshiping themselves in a different way, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there, you aren't, you know, well, you're not more holy because your hands are up here instead of on the side, you know, <laughs> yeah. or they're part way up. It's like a temperature gauge. No, it's yeah. not the case at all. You know, some people who are very demonstrative, really aren't worshiping well. They just like to do jumping jacks in church mm-hmm. or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. you know. Got my uh, CrossFit in today. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I think to me, uh, the, I'll just tell you this little story of this guy was an 80-some-year-old gentleman who sat in the back of church. And I'll never forget this. We, we had some hot music going on. It was pretty pretty loud. And, and he was sitting in the back. He, other people were standing largely, but he sat because he had a problem standing. And he has his one hand in the air, and he's just worshiping. And I came up behind him, and I knelt down next to him, and I said, uh, I said, I said how you doing? And he said, uh, I'm doing great. And I said, um, you love this music? Because he was just sitting there, and he goes, no, can't stand the music. (laughs) And it shocked me. It shocked me. And I went, what? And he goes, no, can't stand the music. And I said, but you're sitting here worshiping like you're really into it. He goes, I'm worshiping by proxy. I said, by proxy? What does that mean? And he said, you see that guy up there? And, And on the aisle, about 
nine rows in front of him was a guy tatted up, long hair, and um, obviously it lo- looked like he might be a street person or, or maybe just, you know, that, that kind of look about him. Both hands in the air and just just singing along with the music and so obviously so worshiping the Lord. And he said, I worship by proxy. And he pointed at that guy. He said, you see that? And he says, I said, yeah. He goes, he's come to the Lord in the last few months here. You know that, right? And I said, yes, I did. And he said, look at him worship. I'm worshiping, watching him worship. And I thought, wow, that's a guy who gets what worship is about. It's not about the music being his way. Yeah. It's not about jumping up higher, down, whatever. It's about honoring God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's going, I, I, I want to be here because I see life change happening. Even if it's not the way I would prefer it, I just want to be where life change is happening because I see God moving, and that moves me to worship God. So cool. So, yeah. 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 So the question of the morning or the, the takeaway of the morning was, I once was, and now I am this because of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The simple yeah. testimony. I love it. And I think if we start with that, you know, and I joked about, you know, it wasn't a joke, it's true, right? I was a prisoner. Yeah, that's right. But now <laughs> I am a pastor. You got a good laugh out of it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. was a prisoner, and now I'm a pastor. Yeah, yeah. look at that. Look at what, God, what Jesus can do. It's just unbelievable. I never, yeah. ever would have thought that. It's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we are at our time. We are. So we should definitely wrap up unless there's anything else you guys want to uh, share. Feeling good. Feeling good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the follow-up podcast, and we will hear you hear from you guys next week. Bye.